0: My sermon down, so don't put you all to sleep. (laughs) Right, just for that, I've got some jobs for you in Fiji, buddy. I want to talk to you today about different sort of men. You may have seen a picture of this guy. This is Dennis Avner. He was called Tiger Man. He had over three thousand surgeries to change himself to look like a tiger pretty weird hey he died he died this week we also have someone in our congregation that we call shark man (laughs) because trent went swimming with the sharks last week he claims that that's him it's like how do we know that that's you trent i know your family's on the outside of the glass but I'm, i'm really not convinced convinced you know what happened he didn't get attacked by a shark he got attacked yeah well that's right it's amazing how the amazing how the glass makes them look so much bigger isn't it you know it's just like a little aquarium on the other side now he got attacked he got attacked by a turtle <laughs> which which brings me to the next one turtle man now for those of you who don't know who turtle man is you need to get a bit of the video happening Brad. so cuz turtle man's legendary Bernie Brown Jr., also known as the Turtle Man, is the star of Animal Fantasy Game Show, All of the Wild. Our crew met up with Bernie and 11 o'clock on the morning. Along with his and co star Neil James, and a trusty companion, Bob. Like most stars, being in the open, i being bombarded by fans. That'll do, Brad. <laughs> Can't handle much more. <laughs> I know. I know, but I'm not allowed to misbehave here, so I have to I have to behave myself. But today I want to talk about being a spiritual man. And the reason I want to share this topic is that someone asked me the question the other day, where are all the spiritual men? And I thought, hmm, that's an interesting comment. Could you explain that a little bit more? And they said, look, There's lots of godly men. There's lots of men that, um, you know, know the word of God. They're good role models. Uh, You know, they're men that do the right thing, but they're not spiritual men. I said, okay, can you explain that a little bit more? They said, well, I don't see that they manifest the gifts of the spirit. I don't see that they do spiritual things. I see that they're good, godly, righteous men, but I don't see them doing the things in scripture like healing and prophecy and things like that. They're, they're not spiritual men. And I thought, hmm, that's an interesting way of looking at things. Because their point was, I've been in churches all my life where there's lots of godly men, people that I look up to who, are, if you go and ask them for some wisdom, will get the Bible out and they'll pray very properly over you and things like that. But but this person was saying, As I'm reading scripture, I'm seeing that Jesus was both a godly man, righteous man, but he was also a highly spiritual man. And the scripture calls us to be spiritual men and women of God. So that got me thinking down that line. Can you be a godly man, but not a spiritual man? Can you be a spiritual man, but not a godly man? And as I began to think about that, yes, you can. Because there were many times in Jesus' ministry where people that were Pharisees or or, or trained people came to Jesus and he called them godly people, teachers, wise people. But he also said to them, you're not spiritual. And then as Paul began his ministry he was the similar type of guy he was a, a the pharisee of the pharisees and yet he had to become a spiritual man and move in spiritual things so what i'm going to do today is move really quickly through some stuff and it's just scripture verses and they're all really to help link together to get to the conclusion at the end so i'll try and go really quick this is going back across the timeline in the old testament what happened then brad i go the wrong way there you go. I, want, I want to just walk chronologically through the Bible and just give you some verses. They're just picked out at random. They don't follow any pattern. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. They will be spiritual men somewhere in the future. And John the Baptist said, "I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come Jesus, who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You will be spiritual men and women." Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, "Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs." Spiritual things you are doing, if God were not with him, Jesus replied, uh, "Very, very, verily, that should be. I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So how can someone be born again when they are old?" Nicodemus asked. "Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born." Jesus answered, "I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit." They become spiritual people. Flesh gives birth to flesh, like I was born through my mother's womb, but spirit gives birth to spirit. There has to be a spiritual birth in our life that turns us into spiritual people. Jesus says to Nicodemus, You should not be surprised by my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Nicodemus scratches his head. How can this be? Jesus turns to him and says, You're Israel's teacher, and you do not understand these things. I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak? about heavenly things. So here comes a godly man, a Pharisee, a teacher of Israel, saying to Jesus, I don't get this. We see you doing signs and wonders and miracles. Something's missing in my life. What is it? Jesus says, you must be born again. Nicodemus goes, I can't go back into my mother's womb. He goes, you don't get it. I'm talking about spiritual things. You must have a spiritual birth, an encounter with God that brings you alive spiritually. And Nicodemus is left trying to put all the dots together. Jesus again talking to the woman at well. Jesus came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot ground of Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, she said to, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and I have to keep coming back here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband she replied Jesus said to her you're right when you say i have no husband the fact is you have had 5 husbands and the man you are ne- and that you now have is not your husband what you have said is quite true Sir the woman said i can see that you're a prophet our ancestors worshipped on this mountain but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem woman Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is for the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah, the Christ, is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus is declared to her, I am the one you are speaking to. I am he. And this is the last bit I want to share with you today. We're going to run out of time. This is what, this is what Jesus what um, Luke recorded at the start of Jesus' ministry. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. When the devil had finished all the tempting, he left him for a more opportune time. Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord has come upon me because God has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Now I've got a whole lot of other verses there that I was going to go through. But my point is this. We have to make a choice whether we're godly men, righteous men and women, and whether we've transitioned into being spiritual men and women as well. And those two dovetail together beautifully. Can you be a righteous man who knows the word of God very well, um, who knows the truth of God's word, who comes to church every week, who lives a holy, righteous life, but isn't spirit-filled, spirit-empowered, spirit-led, spirit-governed? Yes, you can. Because the scripture says we need to repent, believe in Christ, be baptized in water, and receive the Holy Spirit. And sadly, in a lot of our denominations, we don't teach people about receiving the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do is ask you just three simple questions today. Have you been filled with the Spirit? It's a legitimate question to ask you because when the church was beginning to burgeon and they had some troubles in the church, the apostles got together and said, We need to pick some men who will be like elders and. we need to give some authority to some other men. The criteria that they looked for was men full of the Holy Spirit. That was what they were looking for amongst the people. We need to find some men of God that are filled with the Spirit. Spiritual men. So how would they have determined that? There must have been signs that those men did with their lives that proved to the to the apostles that these were men and God. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. I think what what Jesus was saying right back here in Scripture was that a time is going to come when I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And part of that process will be for us as individuals to encounter God spiritually. For there to be an awakening within us of our spirit. And we use the phrase baptized in the spirit or immersed into the spirit of God. The trouble is, in a lot of our journeys, we've missed that. A lot of people haven't had that power encounter with God. And it doesn't mean we're not saved. It just means we're trying to live our faith out of a place where we're not empowered by God's Spirit. We're not full of God's Spirit. And so it makes living the Christian life in all its fullness very difficult. A lot of people say, Mark, why do you go over this topic time and time again? because it was Jesus' design and plan for us to have that empowering encounter. Because you're trying to live out your life in your own strength if you haven't had that God moment in your life. The scripture teaches us that we have to be filled with the Spirit. Then we have to be led by the Spirit. And then we have to demonstrate the Spirit's power. Now, I don't have a lot of time to go into that this week, and I'm going to pick it up when we come back from Fiji. But there are three simple questions, aren't they? Am I spirit-filled? Am I a spirit-filled Christian? If Mark was to write my name on a piece of paper today and say, is Ross a spiritual man, how would I make that judgment about his life? Would I say, hmm, he knows the Word of God back the front. That makes him a spiritual man? Not necessarily. So the challenge for us is to know that we're spirit-filled, spirit-empowered, that we've had an encounter with the third person of the Trinity and that out of submission to the Holy Spirit in our lives, we would be about doing the things that God has called us to do. We won't rule and govern our own lives. We'll follow what the Spirit calls us to do. They were the principles that Jesus had himself when he stood at his baptism and the spirit of God came down upon him like a dove, that was his encounter and fill him with the spirit. And then he went out into the wilderness, and the devil came, but it said that being filled in the Spirit, Jesus was able to counteract the enemy, he was able to start his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord had anointed him, and that signs and wonders happened. My challenge to the guys going to Fiji is that are we going as godly, righteous men, or are we going as spiritual men? So when an opportunity comes for us to minister to people, from what are we going to draw to minister to those people? Are we going to go, hmm, let me go into my bag of tricks. Hang on a minute. I know we did this 30 years ago. Uh, What was that verse? Uh, Psalm 52, verse 5. No, that's not ministry. Ministry is saying the spirit of God is within me and rules in my life. And when I step into that situation to pray, all I'm doing is allowing God to flow through me. His power, his authority, his wisdom. He knows what to pray over that person. I don't, but God does. And by faith, we step in, but you can't give away what you don't have. So if you're not full of the spirit, you can't give the spirit out. And so that's the principle that, and we get a bit nervous about asking people that question. But it's a legitimate biblical question. Are we filled with the Spirit? When Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he said, be ye being filled. So keep filling yourself up all the time. But that filling has to start somewhere. And That was what Jesus was saying to that woman at the well. You've got to have the living water flowing out of you so you can be God to people. You think about all the people that Jesus prayed for, person after person after person, healing, words of wisdom, over and over again, he'd have just fallen in a heap if he'd have done that in his own strength. But because he was filled with the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, he knew exactly what to do and what not to do. He could step into all those scenarios. So my encouragement to you today is, I answer the question, are you a spiritual man? Are you a spiritual woman? Only you can answer that question for yourself. And what I'd like to do is when we come back and and pick this topic up in a couple of weeks is unpack it a little bit more. Because I believe that we need to resurrect some of this language and resurrect some of this... um, Even if it means going back to basics, helping people understand that you've got to walk in the fullness of God. It's a non-negotiable truth of scripture. And in in conservative circles, we dodge it because we don't want to offend everybody. And what we do in a lot of Pentecostal circles is it's just all about Holy Spirit. It's not about truth, but it is worshipping in spirit and in truth, and you put the two together, and you've got the fullness of God. You can go to churches where all they talk about is the truth, the Word of God. It's Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures. They've somehow missed out the Holy Spirit. But it's a fundamental teaching of Jesus. It was the the pointy end of the stick that he was getting to, that I'm going to go back to heaven and sit at the right hand of my Father, and I'll send my Spirit, and he will come in power. You'll receive power. And when you receive power, you've got some use. This thing is only useful because it's got power. The moment I turn it off, it's got no use. And we are useless Christians unless we've got power. It's not my power. We've just got to plug into the Holy Spirit. And for some reason, I don't know why, maybe you can help answer the question, why do we get nervous asking that question? Why do we? If it's a biblical truth, then why do we get scared because my hope is that we can send teams everywhere around the world all over the place and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit will happen because we're not just people of truth but we're people of the Spirit and when those two come together beautifully We can teach the whole counsel of God, and we can operate out of not just a a knowledge base about God, but we can operate out of an experiential encounter with God together. When we've got that, then the church will be alive. So guys going to Fiji, we're going to have lots of opportunity to minister people. Dave Rogers today is at a village up in the highlands, praying for the chief of the village who has cancer. Throat cancer, I think, isn't it, Bron? And he's asked for our team to come and pray. Okay? Are we going to go there timid and shy and go, hmm, don't know what to pray? No, we're going to go because we know that we're filled with the Spirit. We know that the power of God has come upon us. Same principle of Jesus, to set captives free, to bring healing. The anointing of God is upon us to be able to be those ministers. And we know from scripture that the the apostles, Jesus said, wait, you've got to wait for the power. You're useless till the power comes. And when the power comes upon you, you might speak in new tongues or prophesy, but you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll get healed. You'll cast out demons. That's the ministry of Jesus. That's New Testament ministry. And we need to be a group of people that embrace that, however scary that might be for us however much that might be tearing down our own old traditions. And if you want to have a fight with me about it, I'll fight you all the way because it's scriptural. And all I'll do is take you back to scripture and say, see, the apostle Paul on the road to Damascus had an encounter with God. He went blind. He went back into the town. What happened? God said, Ananias, go to Paul. He's had a vision of you that you're going to come and that you're going to lay hands on him and his blindness is going to go. And what's going to happen? You will be filled with the Spirit. It's the first step of a Christian encounter. It's not the first step of salvation. It's the fullness of being born of the Spirit of God. Okay, and I've already shared with you about my journey, about my understanding of repentance, that I was a naughty boy, came to the Father and said, Father, please forgive me, I've been a naughty son. And felt relationship reconnect with my Father God. I did that because I understood what Jesus did for me on the cross. He died for my sin. And I got washed in water. I got cleansed and I died in that water. And a new mark rose out of that water. But the new mark was empty. He needed to be filled with the power of God. Now, no one taught me that. And for four or five years, I struggled in my Christian faith understanding that something was missing but not knowing want, what it was. And then when the lights went on that I realized I was lacking power. The shame was that I was too embarrassed to go and ask people because I, it was like, well, I don't want to look like a fool. I don't want to look like I've missed out on the fundamental basics. I feel, feel like a goose. But what's more important, feeling like a goose or walking in the fullness of what God wants for us? So I went and I asked one of the elders in my church, could you pray for me, that the Spirit of God would come upon me? Was I saved? Yes. I had no doubt about my salvation. I just knew I wasn't walking in the fullness of God. And then God came, and it was, yeah, it was a wonderful experience. So I hope that's encouraged you today and and challenged you to ask the question of yourself. Am I a godly, righteous man? The box. Am I a spiritual man that can do spiritual things, that talks spiritual language, that understands the deep things of God? Because it's only by the Spirit of the living God that we can do those things. We need Christians that are on fire with the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you just that your master plan was for us to experience the, our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit. That, Lord, you, you would manifest yourself within us, a human vessel, so that we would not just be humans alone, that we would, we would be the vessels of the living God. What an incredible concept that is. That, Father, you would come and fill the void of our life and be the Lord and Master over us and empower us give us the energy and the capacity to minister just like Jesus did because we're just the conduit we're just we we're, we're just the vessel through which you choose to flow through father would you help us to answer that question today am i a spiritual man or am i just a godly righteous man am, am i moving in the power of the spirit are there things that follow me, signs and and things that follow me that that, uh, that I guess prove that I'm a spiritual man? Do I pass the test? Do I do I test myself to know that I'm a spiritual man? Because Father, we want to minister out of the, out of the resources of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of God, to have that awakening in our lives and know that those living waters are flowing through us and being a blessing to the world about us. Father, we, we long for that. And I pray, Lord, that you continue just to, to help us understand this topic and stir us up so that whether we're 14 and in year 8 we're full of the Spirit or whether we're 95 and, and in a nursing home, we can still be full of the Spirit. We can still be effective for God. We can still be ministers of the Word. We can still be ministers of the gifts of the Spirit. We can still be active a alive for you, Lord God so that you get the glory, that all authority and power is yours, and that you get the blessing and the honour. Father, I thank you that we we get to do that, that you've given us that privilege, and Lord, help us to do that. With a real fire in our hearts for you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, why don't you jump up on your...